And now, Lifestyles Unlimited presents the Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Over the next hour, we unfold your map to financial freedom. You'll learn how to retire through investing in single family and multifamily real estate. You'll learn how to create cash flow and build wealth so you can have the time and money to live the lifestyle you want. Welcome to the show. My name is Al Gordon, and as always, I'm working on your financial freedom. And if you are watching the mortgage rates, you're probably trying to rip your hair out. Mortgage rates are going up. Okay, everybody, cool your jets. Mortgage rates did go up. They went up just a slight amount. They went up, I think, about a tenth of a percent. According to CNN, the 30-year fixed mortgage rate averaged 681 percent at the week ending July 6th. That was last week. The week prior to that, it was 6.71 percent. So everybody's going, wow, hey, man, the interest rates, they, they jumped. The mortgage rates, they jumped up. They jumped up one tenth of a percent. This is this is going to cost us a lot of money because now the money that we borrow is costing more. All right. Why don't we take a step back and let's let's analyze that. Now, think about it. If you're buying a single family property. Now I'm, I'm going to focus on the single family space today. I'm not going to get into the multifamily markets. All the data that I have today is really focused on the single family space. So stay in the single family space with me for the show because it's going to benefit you. And here's the one thing I want you to understand when you're buying rental property, first of all, that, that mortgage rate that I quoted you, that 6.81%, you're probably not going to get that attractive of a mortgage rate as an investor. And some of you are going, what? What do you mean? I can't get 6.81. Well, that's that's the rate that they loan to consumers, people that actually live in houses and consume those houses. You might do that. I do that. I, I own a house that I live in that I consume. It doesn't provide me any income, but it does provide me a place to live, and it costs me money every month. That would be the rate that, that I could compete for in today's market for my personal residence. But if you're looking at investment property, the interest rate tends to be a little bit higher. For investors, the interest rate can be like a half a percent or maybe three quarters of a percent or possibly higher, just depending on, on what your, your background is as far as your credit score and your credit worthiness and all the things that go into determining whether or not you're a good credit risk for the people that are going to loan you money. That's, that's what they do. And then they offer you an interest rate. So what does that mean? That means that as an investor, chances are my investor interest rate is like 7.31%. That's, that's kind of high. Some of you thinking that's, that's kind of high. Well, ironically, if you'd have to go all the way back to the 1980s to find interest rates that high in the mortgage markets. Did you know that? You, you may not have known that. A lot of you, a lot of you have been the beneficiary of declining interest rates over several decades. Did you know that? You didn't know that, did you? Yeah, let me take you all the way back to the 1980s, 1981 in particular. In 1981, the mortgage interest rates were probably at the highest that they had ever been in this country. Now, I don't have any data that takes me back farther beyond the 1970s. Uh, so there, there may have been a period that, that had higher mortgage interest rates than the 1980s. But I'm just going to call it, and I'm going to say 1981 was the, the worst mortgage interest rate year on the books. What am I getting at? Well, the average mortgage interest rate for a consumer, 
not for somebody buying investment property, for a consumer was 16.63%. Yeah, let that sink in for a minute. So so what does that mean for, if you're an investor? Add, add a half a point, right? So you'd be at like 17.13%. That is a crazy amount of money to pay for money. It's, it's a very, very high interest rate. But that's what the interest rate was in the 1980s. In 1981, massive, massive mortgage costs. Yeah, if you were buying properties in 1981, you were paying a lot in interest. Now, over time, that interest rate started to fall. It did. It actually got below 10% 10 years later. In 1991, the average 30-year mortgage rate was 9.25%. And then it continued to fall after that. But the trend line since the 1980s has been declining mortgage interest rates. So what we're seeing today is we're seeing an increase in mortgage rates. And and ironically, when the Fed started messing around with interest rates 16 months ago, and then the Mortgage Bankers Association said, you know what, we got to get ready for this because it's it's going to it's going to be a big influence on what we do as, as money lenders. They raised the mortgage interest rates 2% in anticipation of the Fed raising the discount rate. Ironically, what we would think would happen to pricing in the single family markets, we, we would expect that pricing would come under pressure. In other words, because the cost of money is going up, it is degrading the ability for anyone to purchase a property. So in other words, you only have so much money that you're coming in with, and we call that equity, all right? So you're coming in with cash, we call that equity. You're buying into the deal with equity. Uh, If you're buying correctly, you're also capturing equity, which is additional equity you're not paying for, but it's additional equity that goes on your balance sheet. And then you're putting debt on the property. And the reason you put debt on the property is because it gives you the ability to leverage the equities in the asset. The the debt that you put on a single family property does not participate in any of the equity development that you are able to create in the property. As a result of that, you control 100% of the equities. It's a beautiful thing. So when you have a lender that comes in with, say, 40% of the money that you need, you're only using 20% of your own money. And if you are capturing equity the way we teach you how to do it at Lifestyles Unlimited, you're actually coming in with less than 20%. You're probably coming in with like maybe 10%. That number might be a little higher, might be a little lower. For some, for some members, that number is zero. They're able to get to a place where they contribute none of their own money to the deal. That's kind of cool, isn't it? Now, we don't, we don't teach you specifically how to do that, but... What we do teach you allows this to happen. It allows you to have no money down in a property. It's kind of cool. I mean, if you think about it, you've got a pile of cash that you're working with that you're buying equity with. But if you're able to buy an asset and put none of that cash into that asset, it's like getting a free property. It's like getting one extra property that it it didn't cost you any money. So now you've got an extra property and then you go back to work and you get more properties. It's a beautiful thing. But here's the interesting thing. You would think... You would think that pricing would be going down for single-family houses. You would think so. You would think that this, this pressure created by the cost of mortgages going up because, you know, there, the, at, at the end of the day, I can only purchase so much of a mortgage. And if they raise the rates on the mortgage, in other words, if the interest rate on that mortgage goes up, it's going to affect my purchasing power. I'm going to be able to buy less property value. Yeah, it's it, there's 
consider it like a, a teeter totter. Yeah, you got the house on one side, you got the loan on the other side, and you're kind of in the middle trying to balance the thing out. Does that make sense? Okay, probably just lost half the audience, but that's all right. We'll get you back. Come on back. Come on back. All right. The interesting thing that I am seeing in the market is that prices are not coming down. They are not coming down. Now, how do I, how do I qualify this statement? Well, first of all, I've got lots of news articles that, that are telling me that pricing in the single-family markets is, is maintaining stability. And, and in some markets, it's actually still kind of going up. Why is, why is this happening? If, if mortgage costs are supposed to be pushing pressure on pricing for assets, why is the asset not responding correctly? It gets back to the whole concept of supply and demand. Yeah, we're going back to that economics class again, supply and demand. Now, think about it. In many of the markets that, that I am interested in investing in, there is an influx of people. There are people coming into those marketplaces that are looking to consume property. They're either going to buy it or they're going to rent it. But here's the thing. The supply of brand new product is not significant enough to meet the demand of all the people coming in. As a result of that, it's causing pricing to stay where it's at, if not to go up. Now, why do I know this emphatically? Here, I'll, I'll use one particular property one property to make my point. I own a single family house. We're getting ready to sell it. This is the uh, last month that my resident will be living in the house. At the end of the month, we'll go over there. We'll do a walkthrough inspection and we'll make sure that everything is, is good to go. If the property is in as good a shape, minus a little bit of wear and tear, I'm going to give my resident back her deposit and have her move down the road doing what she's doing. She's actually going to buy a house to live in. She, she wanted to buy the house that she's living in now that I'm renting to her. But the problem was this. She could only qualify for about $220,000. The property that she's living in, the property that I own, is worth $250,000. Yeah, based on market analysis, that's, it's really worth about two fifty-five. Now, here's the interesting thing about the, the property pricing. I have been watching the pricing on that property for the last year. A year ago today, the fair market value for that property was just under 250. It was like 245. It was 245 and Tina and I had considered selling it, but we decided not to sell it because it hadn't met some of the the targets that we expect a property to meet in order to qualify to sell. It's another it's, we make a decision based on information and the property had not achieved all of its qualifying factors. So we decided not to sell it, even though two forty five would would have been a good price. A year later, that house has gone up ten thousand dollars. Even though interest rates have gone up significantly for mortgages, the value of the house has maintained its value. It has not gone down, and it's not just this particular house that it's happening to. It's other houses in that neighborhood. It's other houses in adjoining neighborhoods. It's other houses in the municipal community. Yeah, so pricing for single-family properties, especially at the like the entry level level, because that's that's what this property is. It would essentially qualify as entry level housing because in the San Antonio market where this property is located, the entry level pricing for these types of homes is in the low to mid 200s. So this property qualifies. Now, I did not sell this property to my resident because I wasn't interested in giving her a $30,000 discount. Yeah, do you understand why? 
Yeah, why would you give somebody a $30,000 discount if you don't have to? So the resident will move out. We will do a, a make ready. So I've got, I've got my, my team all ready to go. We just need to get possession of the property back. They'll go in and do the things that need to be done. If we find that there are some, some problems with the mechanical systems, we'll, we'll get the right contractors in there to get it up to speed. Because what I want to do is I want to put a nice property on the market so that people will compete for it. Now, a year ago when I was selling other single family properties, it was a hardcore seller's market. What does that mean? It means that there were not very many properties on the market available to buy, and there were more buyers than available properties. Every time I put a house on the market, I literally got 20 offers. Now, I don't think I'm going to experience that this time around, but I do think I'm going to get some some very qualified offers on the property that will be close to, if not exceeding, my offer price. When we come back from the break, more on mortgages. Stick around. Got questions? Call Lifestyles Unlimited at 855-497-4335. The Real Estate Investor Radio Show continues next. Dell Wamsley's Real Estate Investing Worst Case Scenario. Let's say the Democrats took away all tax deductions away from real estate like Ronald Reagan did in 1986. In 1986, we had stock market crash, a real estate value crash. The world came to an end for three months. Why? Because he took the value away from owning real estate for people who used it as a tax break. People like myself who got started at 87 go, you know, you can really buy this stuff cheap right now. In fact, I can buy it so cheap, I can rent it and make a 20% return. Cap rates were 20%. I buy a building and I made 20% of my money without leverage. If I put leverage on it, I made 30 or 40% return. Ungodly returns. Right now, you can earn less than 1% of the savings account. So do you think I hope that happens again? Yes, I do. In 2008, when the world crashed and cratered, I bought real estate 50 cents on the dollar. I said, well, what happened to the stuff you already owned? I kept it. It stayed full. We rented it. We made money. Don't let the fear of losing money hold you back from making money. Join us for the next live online free workshop. Register at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. Creating the lifestyle you've always wanted. You're hearing Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Welcome back to the second half of the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. My name is Al Gordon, and as always, I'm working on your financial freedom. And on today's show, we're, we're talking about mortgage rates. Now, I know some of you are, are concerned about mortgage rates. Uh, the Fed just did something that caused the mortgage rates to, to go back up a little bit. We are seeing what is being described as record increases in our mortgage rates. Yeah, record increases. But ironically, I don't know that that is necessarily true. I, I really don't. And here's why. I'm looking at a graph, a 30-year mortgage rate historical graph that goes all the way back to 1971. And I would tell you back in the 1980s, man, the mortgage rates... They ratcheted up. They went from like 10 to 18%. That's what the graph looks like. I think it's closer to 17%, but that is a significant increase. That's a significant increase. Now, some of you are going, okay, Al, that, that, that sounds right. That's, that's about a seven-point increase. We've had more than a doubling effect. That's not a doubling effect, what happened back in the 1980s. We've had a doubling effect here in the 2020s, and I would agree with you. 
I would agree with you because we did have mortgage rates that were below 3%, and now we have mortgage rates that are twice as high. So we have had a doubling effect of the mortgage rates. But ironically, the mortgage rates are still, believe it or not, at historically low numbers. Yeah, it's. I know. I know. I'm trying to make this point, and none of you are having it, right? None of you are having it because you're all like, dude, we lived through the good times. We want them back. Trust me, I want all the good times to come back, too. If the mortgage rates would come down a little bit, it would be beneficial to me. It'd be beneficial to you. It'd be beneficial to everybody. I think it would be beneficial to everybody. Now, in the last segment, did you notice that I pointed out that that the pricing on houses doesn't seem to be coming down? Now, I'm, I'm talking about rental housing. I'm talking about housing that would be the equivalent to entry-level purchase housing for people that want to consume. I'm talking about housing at the, you know, two hundred dollars to $300,000 price range. I know all you people in California are going, what? You can buy property for two dollars to $300,000? Where's that out? Well, it's not in California unless you go to Blythe. Yeah, you could probably get property for two dollars to $300,000 in Blythe, California, but here's the problem. You'd be in Blythe, California, right? Yeah. And all of you are cringing. All of you that know about Blythe, California, you're all cringing, right? You don't want to live there. Yeah, yeah neither do I. Okay, so we're all clear on that. All right, let's get back to this conversation on, on the mortgage rates. So we have, we have literally had 10 rate hikes since the government decided that we were in an inflationary situation, that the mortgage rates were too low, that the interest rates were too low, that everything was too low, that the economy was too good, and they had to do something to change the economy. Yeah. All of this happened, by the way, right about the time we had a change in the White House. Now, I'm not picking on the people that are in the White House now. I am just telling you that the people that are in the White House now had a hand in changing economic policy, which is creating this situation that you and I are in. Yeah, it's just the way it is. Again, not picking on them. I'm just saying they did some things that created what we're experiencing now. So what's going to happen with these interest rates? Now, I pointed out earlier in the show that a one-tenth increase in your mortgage interest rate will increase your cost of money by right around $5 per $100,000 purchased, right? You remember that, okay? So what I'm trying to point out to you is that even though the Fed jumped the interest rates one-tenth of a percent, and even, well, it wasn't the Fed, it was the Mortgage Bankers Association. I'm really talking about mortgage rates. Let's, let's I know, I, I keep saying interest rates, and I'm, I'm going to be more deliberate because I don't want to lose you here because this is important. The mortgage interest rate went up one-tenth of a percent. That means if you were buying a property, you were in the middle of the transaction, and you're putting a loan on that property, and you did not lock in your financing, should have locked in your financing, but if you didn't lock in your financing, that mortgage is potentially costing you $5 more per $100,000 you borrow. If it's a $200,000 house, and let's say you've got a $140,000 mortgage you're going to put on it, what does that work out to be for you? About, what, $7.5 more? Is that going to break the bank? The short answer is no, and here's why. One of the things that you're going to have when you buy this single-family house is you're going to have cash flow. If the property does not produce cash flow for you, do not buy it. 
Anything that you buy must produce cash flow. Otherwise, you're not really investing. You're just buying something and letting it sit there and hoping it goes up in value. That's not investing. Investing is buying an asset that does that for you, but also provides an income stream for you. Does that make sense? All right. When it comes to income streams, what we would like to see you do is buy a property that produces between $200 and $600 a month in passive income. Now, with, with the markets doing what they're doing, with prices holding where they're at and interest rates going up a little bit, what that is affecting, it's affecting our cash flow. It's affecting our cash flow because the property value isn't going down. Therefore, we're not getting the value in a discount on, on the pricing, right? So we're, we're going to pay the, the full pricing amount because the price is worth what the price is worth in today's market. But it's going to cost us a little bit more on the interest side because the, the interest rate went up one-tenth of a percent, right? So what is that going to work out to be? It's probably going to affect our cash flow by about $7.50. Yeah, just throwing that number out there. So what does that mean? That means in order for you to insulate yourself, that property probably needed to cash flow at least $210 before the interest rate changed on you. Now, if the interest rate changed on you, the cash flow is probably like $202. Still agreeable. Still a value that you can work with. $200 a month is still $200 a month. It's still $2,400 a year annually that's going into your household budget that is paying for things in your household that you don't have to go to work and earn money for. Does that make sense? Okay. So one of the things that I would like to see is I would like to see the interest rates go back down. Yeah, I would like to see them go back down. And I'm I'm looking at, at a lot of different sources that are indicating that maybe interest rates might come down a little bit. It might come down a little bit. So what does that mean? It means that the cost of our money could come down a little bit. It's not going to come down dramatically. Remember, if it goes up one-tenth of a percent and costs us $7.5, then if it goes down 1%, it's going to return $7.5, right? Does that make sense? Okay, so... Realtor.com, they have a, an economist out there by the name of Jiai Zhu. Mr. Zhu said he expects a gradual decline in the mortgage interest rates that could bring them down to as low as 6% by the end of the year. That's for consumers. So for us as, as investors, that would be like six and a half, maybe six and three quarter percent. That would be a little bit of a reduction for us, right? Fannie Mae says the 30-year fixed rate mortgage will average 6.6% for quarter three in 2023, and that's according to their June housing forecast. Now, here's the big question that's on your mind. Should you hold off? Should you wait to buy property? The answer is no. Here's why. If a property makes sense economically to you today, if it does for you what it's supposed to do, if it's developing cash flow, if it allows you to capture equity, if it's providing you depreciation, if it's doing all the things that we expect property to do for us as real estate investors, and it all pencils out, go ahead and buy it. Yeah, I don't care if you're paying 7% interest rate. Again, if the property pencils out, you should buy it and you should put that asset into your portfolio. So what happens if the interest rates go down? Well, let's say they do go down. Let's say you buy a property today and you pay a 7% interest rate. And then in the future, the interest rates go down to 6%. You, you have a qualified option. 
you could refinance that property and possibly pull some money out of it tax-free, put that money in your pocket, go buy another property with it. Now your mortgage is going to be a little bit less on the original property, right? So your cash flow might go up a little bit. Unless, of course, you took money out, in which case you might be, you might be breaking even, okay, as far as taking money out goes. But see, what I'm, what I'm putting into your mind is this concept that that property still is, has viable options for you in the future. And the fact that you bought it today, let's say you own it for a whole year. Maybe at the end of the year, you decide, I, I don't want to refinance it. The, the property is, has done for me what it's supposed to do in the equity position. I was able to more than double my money when I purchased the property because I, I captured equity that was in at least what I put into the, what am I talking about? Okay, so the equity capture. So let's say you put $20,000 into the property, but you captured an additional $20,000 worth of equity. Now you have $40,000 of equity in the property, but you only paid $20,000 for it, but you got $40,000 worth of equity. Maybe you've decided it's time with the natural appreciation on top of that, it's time to sell the asset and pull all the money out as a capital gain. Or maybe you decide, you know what, interest rates are going down, the cost of money is going to be less, I'll go ahead and refinance the property, and because I can refinance it for a, a, a greater amount than I currently have on the property, I could take some tax-free money out and I could use that money to go buy myself another asset. This is how you make money in real estate, folks. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hitting you with like all kinds of stuff coming in all kinds of directions. This, you, what we're doing right now, we're kind of like sparring with Mike Tyson. We're sparring with Mike Tyson. I'm throwing all kinds of things at you. And you know what? You're responding well. You're responding well. You're getting all of this. And the big takeaway is this. I don't care what mortgages are doing. I really don't. If the cost of money is too much and it, it kills every deal that I'm looking at, then so be it. Then I will sit on the sidelines. But ironically, I'm looking at deals right now. I am looking at deals that came into my inbox just overnight. And all of these deals will provide cash flow. All of these deals will provide equity capture. All of these deals will provide depreciation. All of these deals will provide principal pay down. All of these deals will provide natural equity appreciation, natural appreciation as we call it. It's a beautiful thing. And it doesn't matter what the interest rates are doing right now. Because if I buy the property today, I'm going to own it. I'm going to operate it. It's going to provide me a cash flow. It's going to do for me what it's supposed to do. And then in a future year, I'll make a decision to, to sell it, refinance it, retain it, whatever I want to do. But if it's not in my inventory, I won't be able to make those decisions in the future. So the point I'm trying to make is that if you don't have any assets in your inventory right now and you're using mortgages as an, as an excuse not to get more assets, then you're wrong. You're wrong. I'm just telling you you're wrong. You need to rethink what you're doing. You need to consider buying assets even in today's markets because here's why. A lot of people are afraid. A lot of people are scared. They're scared of the real estate markets. They're very afraid of the real estate markets. So what does that do for you? That means your competition, very light, very light competition because the people that would compete for you or compete with you are afraid of the markets. And because they're afraid of the markets, they're not going to compete with you. So the only people that are going to be in the markets are going to be people like you. 
And trust me, there's plenty of real estate to go around for all of us. There's an abundance of great properties waiting for us to find them. There's an abundance of great properties waiting to produce cash flow for us, to help us generate equity growth, and to change our lives one asset at a time. Look, I'm telling you, don't worry about the interest rates. The interest rates will solve themselves. What you need to worry about is getting yourself retired in the next five years. Putting assets into your portfolio that produce income streams for you is what it takes in order to achieve the result you're trying to achieve. If you want to do what I'm doing, if you want to do what the 50,000 members of Lifestyles Unlimited are doing, go to lifestylesunlimited.com, sign up for a free workshop, and let's get you going. Thank you for listening to Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Ready for more of the map? Visit lifestylesunlimited.com. Explore our videos and articles. Click on the radio tab to access past show podcasts. View the radio show schedule and listen to our best of radio shows. Want to continue the conversation? Follow Lifestyles Unlimited on Facebook today. We want to meet you as well. Sign up for a free workshop at Lifestyles lifestylesunlimited.com. Until next time, remember, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. The information and opinions you hear on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show are those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show constitutes an endorsement recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.